0: Thank you, Sean.
1: And good evening, everyone. Uh, this evening's Select Board meeting is being convened uh, with the following notation. On July 16, 2022, Governor Baker signed into law an act relative to extending certain state of emergency accommodations, which, among other things, extends the expiration of the provisions pertaining to the open meeting law to March 31, 2023. The Act does not make any new changes to the open meeting law other than extending the expiration of the temporary provisions regarding remote meetings from July 15, uh, 2022 to March 31, 2023. Accordingly, all votes will be taken by roll call. At this time, I'd like to invite the members of the Select Board to introduce themselves starting with Vice Chairman Zulis. Hi, I'm Mike Zulus. Good evening, Richard Wells, Secretary.
2: Hi, Roxanne Musto, Member.
1: And I'm Martha Doyle, your Chair for this year. And joining us at a later point in the meeting will be Member Aaron Bradley. With introductions, could you please join in the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag? <clears throat> I pledge, I pledge allegiance, allegiance to the flag, flag of the United States, States of America,
3: America, and to the Republic, Republic, for which it which stands, stands one, nation, one nation, under God, under God indivisible, indivisible with, with liberty and justice for all.
1: Thank you. Our next agenda item is a public comment, and under public comment we provide... Uh, an opportunity for 15 minutes in the uh, beginning of the meeting for any citizen who wishes to speak we just ask that they identify themselves after they're recognized by name and address. Uh, Each uh, speaker would have up to three minutes uh, time for their comments. So at this time I will look for any hands among the attendees and recognize them accordingly. Um, Mr. Dave Shea, you are recognized. Could you promote Mr. Shea, please?
0: Mr. Shea, welcome. You are muted.
4: I think you can hear me. Um, I wanted to comment about the May to October's last meeting. If someone were to say to me, there would be a joint meeting between two boards in this town. And I saw this and I heard this, that someone would infer or reference, imply that there's three members of the other board that in my opinion were racist or sexist and then during that meeting, we got two texts going to two members of each respective board pulling out because they were gassed at the comments. And then moments later, this comment appeared on Facebook. I don't care how you spin it. We have three conservative ideologues on the planning board. And they, they're they showing their race, racism tonight. Sad. Our boards can't be white enough for them, evidently. And... It was said, this is about diversity and inclusion. Well, Walter Timothy was on, had a primary in September the week before, and I wrote a comment, and Walter and I are close friends and family. These people refer to us as Walter and me as racist, sexist, a bigot, homophobic, and um, pretty other, other things. So I, I, I looked at this and I thought of myself and I was involved in the April campaign and I heard the same thing over some of the positions and what was going on, what I said. Frankly, I enjoyed watching people refer to me as this and other people. I don't think this is about inclusion or diversity. I think this is about ideal ideal, idealism, political partisanship here, in which Walter and I, um, Meredith, Sean, Maggie, uh, Maggie, don't agree with your idealism. We don't agree with it. We don't agree with the position. And when we had two elections in this town, both one in April and one in September, the voters spoke pretty overwhelmingly and they rejected it too. This comes a point where you've got to call this out to say, and the person who made this comment has been appointed by this board to a committee. It's one thing to say it on Facebook, but to come to imply it at this board, I think it's going to be called out. It's going to be called out. This has gone too far. There is some disagreements, and I can, Richard and I can, will test you, back in the good old day when Mary Fitzgerald, Charlie Winchester, Marvin Gordon, and others were around, there was fundamental disagreements, but there was never a question of legitimacy, and I think now we've gotten to the point of legitimacy. There is a disagreement in this town on its direction um, and the way it's going, and there's a lot of us, and I think with the votes of the town, of voters have said we don't agree with it. But we got to watch it when we infer people are racist or sexist or homophobic, particularly when you sit at this table. Words have consequences, and I thought what went on last week with one of the members' comments should have been called out, it should have been condemned, and I thought it was outrageous and out of line. And um, you didn't hurt Walt, Maggie, Meredith, Sean. You hurt the town. You hurt your legitimacy. And once that legitimacy is gone, and I think of Mary Fitzgerald, John Cronin, Charlie Winchester, Marvin Gordon, Joe Manning, our former Congressman Burke, they must be looking, Bob Oldfield, looking down and disbelief. This isn't the Milton that we know, and I really hope people think about what happened last week and realize this can't happen again. Um, That's all, and I appreciate the time. Thank you.
1: We appreciate your comments, and thank you for being with us, Mr. Shea. See no other hands raised uh, we will uh, turn to our next order of business item number four uh, discussion uh rededication ribbon cutting ceremony of the East Milton deck project. Mr. Wells can we turn to you please.
5: Good evening Mr. Chair thank you very much so uh, as you know I had I had had discussions permanently with the chamber and with East Milton neighbors a little bit about um coming up with a date is, as everyone knows, we are on the brink, I hope, of um, completion of the new Manning Street, uh, Joe Manning Deck, East Milton Square. But I did attend the East Milton neighbors general meeting last night, their annual meeting. And uh, their officers did ask me if perhaps we could wait and hold this off until the spring. And I went and looked at the, although it's soaking wet there today, they do make a point that um, the grass will have had a little time to come in. And they would also like to for the for the rededication. And this is something that I know you advocated for as well, Mr. Chair, they'd like to um, present the 2022 Manning award, Joe Manning, um, civic awards at that ceremony as well. So um, if you could bear with me and give it I'm thinking maybe late April, early May at the latest, and uh, that we do it at that point involving uh, the community ourselves and the Manning family.
1: Richard have you had a chance if I may ask
5: to convey that yet to the uh, chamber's chair? No I, I have not but I will do that tomorrow. Today was just a hectic day and this happened last night. It was, uh,
1: we didn't finish till 10 o'clock. Last night. Um, would you get back to us afterwards? Yeah yep, yep. I'll copy you on uh, my communication to him. Any questions of for Mr. Wells on item number four. Seeing none, we'll turn to agenda item number five. Uh, discussion, review of any application for a sign-free corridor or sign-free corridors plural in the town of Milton and we turn to Mr. Freitag.
6: Good mean, Mr.
1: Freitag. Mr.
6: Yes, good evening Mr. Chair. Thank you. Kevin Freitag from the Office of Town Council. Just quickly here, um, I know last week I this matter was on the agenda and it was deferred at my request. I'm asking that it be deferred um, one last time. I got new information this week that I think is is helpful to the application which we're putting together. This application, just so you know, is 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 considerable. It's a, probably between three and four hundred pages. It has a lot of information in it regarding the areas in Milton that we're going to ask to be protected from the uh, installation of electric signs. It's potentially the first of its kind to ever be filed with Mass DOT. they tell me that they've never actually had an application for a sign free corridor. It's that is permitted under their regs that never actually had one filed. So we just want to make sure that we we complete this application in its best possible form um, and I need just a little bit more time to do that. I expect that I'll be back here at your next meeting though with a completed application for your your final review. Okay and that next
1: meeting will be October 18. Um, any <coughs> questions on this for Mr. Freitag from any members of the board? Thank you Mr. Freitag. You're welcome. Item number six. Discussion approval lease with the Milton Arts Center for the East Milton Library located at 334 H. Hill Road for a term of 10 years and Ms. Musto you will be recusing yourself
2: I will. If someone could please let me know when to come back, I'd appreciate that.
1: Thank you, Roxanne. And Aaron, uh, you are with us now?
0: Yes, Mr. Chair, I am. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Thank you. Uh, Mr.
7: Milano, could we turn to you, please? Sure. Um, As we've been working on this lease with the Milton Arts Center, you know, we're pleased that the built art center has accepted and the town and the art center have agreed to terms on a 10 year lease. Um, they have come into the office to sign the lease, so it is um, executed by the art center and is ready for the board signature pending approval tonight.
1: Thank you, Mr. Milano. Any questions of Mr. Milano? Mr. Chair, I'd make a motion to approve
5: the. Uh, the lease between the town and the Milton Art Center for the East Milton Library located at 334 Edge Road for a term of 10 years.
3: Second.
1: Thank you you, Mr. Wells. Thank you Mr. Zulas. Any discussion? Seeing none by roll call. Mr. Zulas? Yes. Mr. Wells. Yes. Ms. Bradley. Yes. And Mr. Doyle. Yes. Thank you. It's nice to have this uh, accomplished and Uh, Gratitude to all involved um, on both sides of the negotiation and the finalization of this 10-year lease. We'll turn now to item number seven. A discussion uh, on a request that the Select Board sponsor a warrant article to amend chapter two sections seven and eight of the general bylaws regarding town meeting motions to move the previous question. And I believe we have um, Jill Clark who's the proponent of the article with us so we can move her up please to a participant. And we've also invited town moderator Bob Hiss. So could we invite Mr. Hiss up as well, please. Good evening. Can you
8: hear me okay?
1: Welcome Ms. Clark and welcome Mr. Hiss. Um, Ms. Clark the floor is yours to introduce your proposal.
8: Thank you so much, um, Chair Doyle, and thank you for having me um, to speak on this tonight. Uh, My name is Jill Clark. I'm a town meeting member in Precinct 4. I live at 26 Harold Street, Um, and I come before you tonight to ask the Select Board to um, sponsor an amendment to the town bylaws. I have made a slight adjustment um, since the first time this was on your agenda, um, and so I'm no longer proposing any changes um, to... uh, chapter to section 8 um, but actually proposing that we just eliminate um, section 7. Um, And to speak a little bit to why I think this is a good idea, um, the the effect of this change will be essentially to remove a special procedure that Milton has um, for moving the question and revert back to the procedures that are described in town meeting time. Um, And what that is, is that when someone moves the question um, it causes an immediate vote that requires a two-thirds majority to to pass and if it does pass then debate ends immediately and the main item on the the warrant goes for a vote. My primary reason for suggesting this change to the bylaws is that in the town meeting members that I have had the privilege of participating in, um, it seems that many town meeting members think that this is already the way it works in Milton. Um, I've witnessed many people attempt to move the question only to be told that it doesn't actually work that way in Milton and that we have a slightly different bylaw. Um, And so I think that making this change will ensure that the bylaws actually have the effect that town meeting members think that they they have. Um, I also think that it will help ensure a balance between healthy debate, which is really important, and a key part of uh, town meeting, um, as well as ensuring an efficient meeting. I I think that's a balance that we can strike with this. And I, I don't in any way intend to um, introduce a change that it ends discussion prematurely, but want to make sure that people um, have opportun- plenty of opportunity to speak, but also allow a way to take a sense of the entire group um, when, um, when once we've had an opportunity to hear from many people, rather than only hearing from a minority of people who speak frequently. The last time this came up before the select board. Um, uh, Moderator Hiss spoke a little bit to this, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing from him tonight. Um, nice to see you again, Bob. We just um, spent a lovely afternoon together recently, um, but just wanted to speak um, to some of the things that he raised previously. Um, I know Bob had raised a concern that, that, that the change may cut off debate or discourage people from speaking, um, and given that this vote is a two, requires a two-thirds majority— um, there really does have to be a super majority of people that are in favor of moving on. Um, and so that, that should give plenty of opportunity for people to have the opportunity to continue to speak. Um, Bob also you know, raised the concern about just kind of the complexity and having additional rules and that it, in general, it's easier for moderators to have fewer rules rather than more. And this is the reason for, reason for um, my amended proposal that we just eliminate section seven, um, which actually, actually gives Milton one fewer rule makes it simpler and makes everything more consistent with town meeting time. So those are my reasons for this proposal and I would really appreciate the Select Board considering um, sponsoring this item for the warrant. Uh,
1: Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Clark. Maybe uh, a good approach would be to see if any of those members of the Select Board have questions uh, for you then turn to Mr. Hiss. Do the same thing and then see if there are any the comments that uh, either one of you or both of you might like to make, among along with the select board. So, any questions for Ms. Clark at this time? From many members of the select board, please.
0: Ms. Bradley, you're
1: recognized.
9: Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um- Jill, I just wanted to mention I, I didn't hear you say it, but I do know that you were working with some other uh, town meeting members in town on this amendment, so I just wanted to make sure that that was known and um and correct out there so so you have had input from other people in town um that are town meeting members and have been for quite some time.
8: yeah, thank you, Aaron. um I absolutely have worked with and spoke with some um other town meeting members and Um it's through collaboration and working with them that we arrived at this kind of simpler solution of um just eliminating um section seven. So I I really do appreciate the feedback that I've gotten from other town meeting members.
1: Thank you. Any further questions from members of the select board? Seeing none. Mr. Hiss, Mr. Moderator, may we turn to you for your comments, please?
10: Yes, thank you, Chair Doyle. Also uh wanted to acknowledge uh, some work Jill is doing helping us with electronic voting right now she's on a subcommittee we formed so I think it's uh, it's great that a a new member comes to town and um, gets in town meeting and and tries to help our our processes get better yeah my thoughts on this are um, having worked with a lot of the mass moderated association you know most of the moderate the um, uh, town meetings in this in the commonwealth are open town meetings and usually there's a small coterie that comes but sometimes you get very large groups They'll come in for a big school funding issue or something and a thousand or thousands of people will show up. And so I think, uh, this, uh, uh, sense of limiting debate is probably there. I would bet in town meeting time because, uh, citizens who rarely speak in public, less so even in town meeting would come to a town meeting and they've come, they've made all this effort. They want to say their piece. And so it can probably be, you know, ripple about with hundreds of people could be speaking on a topic. And so at some point it probably gets to be really repetitive. And they say, you know what? I think we've heard all the, the nuances, let's move on. I think in the representative town meeting, we're dealing with a, a different group. It's not that the speakers are professionals, but you have some longtime town meeting members. Um, they're used to town meeting. Um, they are um, um, comfortable speaking. They, they generally know the rules of how things happen. Um, they, most speakers, uh, and I track the data on this, speak in less than three minutes. So most people ask a 30 second question and don't say anything. Those that speak, they speak for less than three minutes. And we also have the rule that limits uh, two two people speaking um, on any one one topic, which limits the repetitiveness of continuing to come up. The last thing I think, uh, I think Zoom may have skewed our sense of things because it's really easy to click the raise hand button in Zoom during the COVID era. It's different to stand up, walk down to the mic at the high school literally stand up and say your piece in front of your friends and neighbors, that means you've really got to have something important. And so I think that tends to limit debate. So I, I'm not going to die on this hill, but my general sense is I prefer to let the members speak because they were elected and each person there is representing. Uh, well, I think what the math is, uh, each citizen represents 200 and, um, well, I think 80 people or so. So if you know you're limiting one person from speaking, you're rep- you're cutting off the representation of another 80. So my general sense is let the, when the room is done speaking, they'll sit down and be quiet. And often in person, you know, the moderator can read the room I know Brian used to do that. I can do that in the high school and you can get a get a sense where things are done and move the question along. So that's uh, my two senses to let the town meeting members
1: have their say and uh, we discuss the articles uh, thoroughly. Thank you, Mr. Moderator, and I will turn to the select board. Mr. Wells, you are recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Good evening, Bob. Good evening, Jill. Um,
5: so we, I, I just wanna be clear here. Bob, are you suggesting we should support this and this should be a select board article or? Um,
10: I'm suggesting leave the rules uh, in place because it doesn't stop debate. Okay. It slows, we have a rule that slows it down, but doesn't stop it. Cause my, I
5: agree with you. Like I, having been around here for Again, I don't realize how long it is, but it's a long time. Um, I think something of this day, like I remember when we, when we brought forward the consent agenda, um, I remember our thought was, you know, it would say, take between a third and half of the articles and put them on. And we all know that that's not the way it happens, that town meeting and the town meeting members of this community want to have their ability to speak. So it's not that I don't support it I just I want to have let them see what they say about it I don't know if it should be endorsed by us without their say so that's my one concern but I'll, I'll I'll hear what the other members think
1: as well. Ms. Bradley you are recognized.
9: Thank you Mr. Chair um, I have a different opinion I, I, I believe that this should go to town meeting and the town meeting members should vote on how they want to have their meeting. I don't think it's fair for me uh, to say to town meeting how they should utilize the rules. Um, how town meeting members want to vote on this is completely and totally up to them. It's their meeting, and so therefore, I'm supportive of this just to get to town meeting so that they can decide how they would like to run their own meeting. That's not that's not for me to decide. So. I'm supportive of this uh, this article. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Ms. Bradley. Um, Mr. Solis you have the floor.
9: <clears throat> thank
3: you, Mr. Chair, uh, and thank you, Ms. Clark, and uh, thank you, Bob. Bob, uh, just to just to clarify, mm. um, um, uh, other than as is set forth in the bylaws, we generally follow town meeting time in the court in running our town meetings. Is that right? That's right. Okay, and 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 amending our bylaws to eliminate this section 7 would would have us go would would uh, have us follow town meeting on on this score as well is that right
10: that's right jill's right Correct. okay
3: okay um i i uh, i want to thank um ms clark for all the work uh on this and for the other town meeting members that have, have participated um i agree uh with what uh ms bradley said i think it's uh i think it's a It's an issue that some town meeting members have raised. I think uh, it deserves a hearing in front of the town meeting members. I think the select board can sponsor uh, the article without taking a vote one way or the other to support it, but to put it in front of the town meeting members for their consideration. We can take a vote to support it if we wish, or we can just uh, take a vote to put it on the warrant so that the town meeting members can have their say. So I'm supportive of the town meeting members having their say on this. Thank you, Mr. Chair.
1: You're welcome. Um, may we go to Ms. Musto and then back to Mr. Wells.
2: Thank you, Mr. Mott. Um, just the yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Chair Doyle. One hat is enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Um, I have been a, a long time town meeting member as well. I think the rules have worked pretty well, um, but I'm certainly willing to hear, you know, this other option. That being said, I feel that, um, um, first of all, I would like to have more information out there for people to look at, to like almost like a a point counterpoint kind of an argument that people can see. And maybe that's something we should put on our website and get some feedback on. Um, When you're in town meeting, you are representative of many people in your area, and you are the one that they've chosen to speak for them. And anything that sort of cuts off that debate, I'm a little troubled with because that's what we're there for, and that's why we have representative town meeting. So I would like to have a little bit more information put out for people to see. And it doesn't mean that we necessarily have to sponsor an article, citizens can always do an article as well, Um, but I want more information out there so that the general public has some um, input into what that means, and we can have some feedback from people uh, instead of deciding right this second on that. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Musto. And then, follow up, if I may, Mr. Wells, for just a moment, go to Mr. Milano for a bit of a refresher on the calendar for the December 5 warrant, uh, just so that everybody knows what the schedule looks like, should there be a motion for. Uh,
7: putting this forward for consideration. Sure, the, the warrant is scheduled to close on October 12th and at the October 18th select board meeting, the select board will be um, finalizing the warrant and voting on the inclusion of the articles in the warrant um, on the 18th. Thank you, Mr. Milano. Mr. Wells, you're You're recognized. Thank, you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I don't
5: think people understand, misunderstood what I said. I didn't say that I disagreed with it. My point is a a combination of what everyone has said is we know town meeting likes to have their say. I think anyone who's a town meeting knows that. Um, I'm not sure if I'd be ready to support it as a select board article tonight. Um, as to what Mr. Zula said about letting it go forward and then taking a vote at a later time post, you know, as we hear the debate on town meeting four, I'd definitely be more comfortable with that. I think it. I don't want to do anything that makes it seem, town meeting is a big body. I don't want to do anything that makes it seem like we're preempting their ability to discuss this uh, before we even support it. So that's my, there's also the possibility too, am I correct Mr. Donald, this could also be filed as a citizen's petition if it's filed by the 12th. Am I correct? Am I correct on that Bob? am Mr. Hiss?
10: Yes. I think for a special, it needs a hundred signatures. I'd have to check with the clerk, but I think it's a hundred, but yeah, the timing's still there. If they get certified. Yep. It would go straight to the warrant committee
5: if they follow process. Okay. I mean, this is something that I'm very likely pending on debate at town meeting. I think that perhaps this board could support and endorse. I just think that this just isn't the time to do it right now, but I'm more than, happy with it however it gets to the town meeting floor to be discussed as, as the Mr. has said let's let town meeting
1: have their have their runs. All right just to follow up on that Mr. Wells um, going back to what Mr. Zula said it could be a, a two-step process uh, one of which would be whether the select board wants to put it forward as a, a warrant article Apart from whether or not the select board would have any endorsement of that article, leaving it thereby to the floor of town meeting to determine—is that a correct interpretation, Michael?
3: Um, yes, Arthur. Uh, that you know what what I, I think the motion would be—a uh, motion to include the article on the warrant, not supporting it one way or the other, but just including it on the article for town meeting consideration—and I would say that in terms of timing. Um, and I understand if people want to think about it more, but in terms of timing, if we had a vote to include it on the warrant, um, now, rather than on the 18th, that would allow the warrant committee, uh, to start looking at it and the bylaw committee to look at it. And I would suggest to Ms. Clark that she go to both of those bodies, um, if we voted to include it on the warrant. Uh, could she go out and get 100 signatures? Probably. But again, that, that might delay the process. And I, it seems to me it would be um, given the work that Ms. Clark and other town meeting members have done on this. It would be, uh, it would be a, um, a nice gesture for us to at least include it on the warrant. Uh, so she, so the process can begin and town meeting can have their say. So, thank you, Mr. Chair.
1: Thank you. So Alyssa, I see your hand, Ms. Musto
3: Yes. Um,
2: Thank you, Mr. Chair. So it sounds like really there are two options, though, it sounds like they could do it as a citizen's petition, which it sounds like they may have um, started that it sounds like Ms. Clark has talked to a lot of town meeting members. So it sounds like that would be one way to go as well. Um, so I was just wondering if Ms. Clark could weigh in on that as well.
8: Um. Yeah. So I'm certainly aware that that's the other um, venue for doing it. I think, um, you know, to be honest, given the timing, and I and um, as the moderator brought up, it would require 100 signatures to get it on a special town meeting. And and you know, frankly, I I think that special town items on the warrant for special town meeting should be special. And there isn't anything terribly time sensitive about this. And so you know, possibly saving it for an annual town meeting. Um, you know, lowers the barrier for the number of signatures gives us a little bit more time to run it past some of the other um, committees and, um, you know, I think that would also be perfectly appropriate but um, either, uh, you know, I I agree with the general sense here which is that, you know, we should allow town meeting to um, have an opportunity to weigh in and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm open to any mechanism for getting it to that point.
1: Mr. Solas
3: just just one thought on the the mechanics here uh we don't have a lot on the warrant for December currently and I don't know how much we're going to have on the warrant for December we're going to have a lot on the warrant in May um so we might get a better hearing for this issue at a at a December town meeting and again if we can if we can assist with the mechanics ie just uh, including on the warrant uh, for that, it may, it may make, uh, it may uh, make things move along uh, a little more expediently. I just, we're gonna have a big warrant in May, and we don't have one in December, so it may be a good time to to talk about it.
8: That's a very fair point. Yeah, I did. I wasn't aware of that. And thank you for raising that. Uh,
3: Ms. Buster. Um sh-
2: Thank you. I'm just wondering, do other people, I mean, I have not heard about it other than here. So I'm just wondering. Um, did you reach out to all of the precincts? I'm just trying to get a sense of what this is, or ju- I'm just trying to get a little bit more sense of it, because I haven't heard about it, except no, for this like I've certainly
8: talked to nowhere near 100 people, let me put it that way. Um, but, um, you know, as as Bob mentioned, I'm relatively new to town and still, you know, getting to meet my fellow town meeting members um, and have raised it with those that I've had the opportunity to speak with. Okay.
1: Thank you, Ms. Clark. Uh, Any further comment, Mr. Hiss? Just
10: that Mr. Milanago is kind of looking like a young aide Lincoln. From <laughs> they're kind of struck by it, but other than that, no, I think uh, you've made a lot of good points.
1: So.
0: Thank you, both very very much. Uh, what is the pleasure of the board at this time,
1: <laughs> Mr. Um, Chair? Um, I'm sorry, I saw Ms. Bradley first, and I. Oh, that's fine, you. Mr. Chair. MS. BROWNING?
9: THANK YOU, MR. CHAIR. Um, I WOULD LIKE TO MAKE A MOTION FOR IT TO GO TO THE WARRANT COMMITTEE SO IT WILL BE ON THE SPECIAL TOWN MEETING ARTICLES. Um, AND I WOULD LIKE TO FOLLOW WHAT VICE CHAIR ZULIS HAD SAID AND and UNFORTUNATELY I DIDN'T WRITE IT DOWN, MIKE, SO I MIGHT NEED SOME HELP WITH THE WORDING BUT JUST FOR US TO SUPPORT IT MOVING FORWARD, NOT THAT WE'RE SUPPORTING IT, uh, um, NOT THAT WE'RE TAKING A VOTE TO SUPPORT IT BUT SUPPORT IT MOVING FORWARD IN THE PROCESS. I think um, is a good thing. I think that's why we have a warrant committee. Um, having served on it for five years, they have vetted many things that I didn't know about prior to them coming to the warrant committee. We had a an article about enforcing people to move their trash cans back in a timely fashion. Um, so I think that this is definitely something that the process has done in the past. And I don't have the right words, Mr. Chair. I'm sorry. Um, so if I could ask. Um, the vice chair to say what he said. I'm also extremely (laughs) sick, so I'm not firing on all cylinders this evening, so I apologize.
1: I I think if I may paraphrase what you were moving, Ms. Bradley is uh, to to put uh, the proposal on the warrant. That's Uh, correct. I um, I
9: do want it on the warrant. Yes, yes, Mr. Chair.
1: Thank you. Uh, So that is a motion. If I understand correctly, uh, with a motion made, the chair will call for a second, and then go to Mr. Wells. Is there a second to the motion on the floor?
3: I'll second the motion.
1: Thank you, Mr. zulus So, Mr. Wells, you're recognized, sir. So, Mr. Mm-hmm. Chair, I just, and I,
5: I don't want to be a a fortune teller here, but my gut feeling is that, and I, and I appreciate that maybe the December is lighter than. Um, annual town meeting. And I still think there's a strong possibility that we're going to be on zoom in December, just the way COVID numbers are going as we're going into the fall. Um, I see this going and having debate and getting sent back for discussion and to be brought up at the at the annual town meeting in May, as many um, articles of this nature are, I'd be more inclined to support uh, Ms. Bradley's vote for the end to do this for the annual town meeting than to do it for special. I, to our former colleague, um, the wise Miss Katie Conlon, who knew so much about scheduling and timing, I can hear her now saying this is something that should go to the regular town meeting and not the special. So um, that's just my thought on this. I'd, I'd be more inclined to support this for the annual town meeting than the special. Is that a friendly
1: amendment that you're yes. making? Yes, it is, Mr. Chair. Okay, Ms. Bradley, do you accept the friendly amendment offered by Mr. Wells?
9: Well, I understand what Richard is saying. The um, member has come, the the town meeting member has come before us now. Um, She has done some due diligence. She's worked with moderators. She's worked with other people in town. So no, I'm not going to accept that right now.
1: Okay, thank you, Ms. Bradley any further comment by right. uh, Mr. Wells? Your hand okay, Mr. Well,
3: well I, w- I would just say, you know, uh, uh, having worked with Katie Conlon for several years, I- I'm not, necess- I-, I don't necessarily <laughs> think that she would, uh, she would uh, suggest that this should go to the annual town meeting. I, I actually think she might uh, uh, weigh in favor of uh, putting it on where there is less on the, uh, on the article. But, uh, but uh, I guess we I guess we just don't know. But uh, but that's that's what I think she'd say.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Zulis. We have a motion that's been seconded. Any further discussion? Seeing none, by roll call vote. Uh, Mr. Zulis. Yes. Mr. Wells? No, oh, I just think this is for the annual town meeting, Mr. Chair. Ms. Bradley?
9: Yes.
1: Ms. Mostow?
2: <laughs> I'm going to say no. And the, I agree that it should be for the annual town meeting. I really have seen this myself and feel sort of cornered into voting for it tonight. So I say no for right now. I'd like to see more of it but for the annual. We have more time to look at it.
1: And Mr. Doyle, yes. So the motion carries. Mr. Mr. Zoules.
3: Mr. Chair, uh, just just in terms of mechanics, I think the I think what perhaps can go to the Warrant Committee and perhaps the Bylaw Committee immediately is just this piece of paper with the deleted Section 7. But but I think that uh, Ms. Clark or maybe Mr. Milano could uh, could work with uh, Mr. Freitag to put this in the form of the article, uh, just the just the form saying it's an article and be it resolved. Uh, the substance is here, uh, but just in terms of form. We just want to have that, we just want to have that ironed out. But I think you can send on the substance to the Warrant Committee and the bylaw Committee as is.
1: Um, Ms. Muster, you are recognized.
3: Thank you, Mr.
2: Chair. Um, I'm wondering if uh, Ms. Clark could please read the section so that people that are perhaps on could understand or to hear it for the first time. I'd be happy if she could do that, please.
1: Excuse me just a moment. Uh, would it be helpful, Roxanne, if Lynn can put it up so that people sure. can see it? Yes. I have okay. it here. I will bring it up in a Okay. Moment.
0: Thank, you. thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: And then
0: we'll go to Ms. Bradley. And
2: will that
1: Please scroll. Yeah. There we go. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Will this also be posted um, somewhere so that people could see in the community just ahead of time? Um, but will be debated.
9: That's what the warrant committee is for.
2: No, I understand that, Miss Bradley. I'm talking about. Um, You know, I think there might be some members that, for instance, are in town meeting that might be interested in just seeing what this proposal is, that's all.
0: Well, we can
1: work on that um, with Mr. Milano, there may be a couple of approaches that could be uh, followed, Um, could go on the site. Another possibility is if it's appropriate, maybe touching bases with town clerk. um, for this action by the like select board to be shared with town meeting in advance so. Um, I think that would be helpful. Okay. Thank you. Would that be all right with you Mr. moderator? Yeah. Okay. Ms. Bradley you're recognized.
9: Mr. Chair I have a question then because I know that many town meeting members don't know of the articles before they receive the um, the warrant in the mail. So are we going to start notifying town meeting members of all things that the select board is taking on? Um, because I can tell you that there's many people that are town meeting members that have that don't know the articles that are coming before them until they read the the actual warrant. So I'm just curious if we're proposing to change that process now. If you
0: comment by the members
1: of the board. Um, Ms.
2: Busta? Uh, my point would be just to get it out in a timely manner so people have time to really look at it and understand it and you know formulate opinion or comment for town meeting. So you know as soon as we can get it out I think that's really appropriate and I hear what you're saying so um, I will leave it up to town council to decide what the right process would be for that.
1: And speaking of Town Council, Mr. Freitag, did I see you um, wanting to comment or was I mistaken?
6: Uh, Mr. Chair, uh, thank you. Kevin Freitag, New Office of Town Council. I was just going to respond in the affirmative to Chair Zulis's request to draft the article language. Uh, That's an easy lift um, and and I'm happy to do that. Thank you.
1: Um, Ms. Bradley, uh, Mr. Wells and Mr. Zoas. Yeah. I think that was the order, Ms. Brody. Yeah, do
9: you, thank do you, you still Mr. Wanna be
1: recognized.
9: Yes, thank you. I just I really want to make it clear that um that I, I'm confused because it sounds like we're changing the way that we're doing things that the select board moves forward on. And I know that the process in the past had been that the select board would recommend something, it would then go to the warrant committee, they sure. would have a public hearing where people could be heard if they wanted to, Um, they would discuss it, they would determine the comment for it. They are the ones that are actually putting this forward. Um, It's not, I mean, it comes from us, but it's their, their comment is what makes the decision on whether or not it should be accepted or not accepted. So I guess I'm just confused as to what method we are gonna start using to inform you know the 280 or 300 or however many town meeting members we have, um, if that's going to be via email moving forward, or if it's going to be um, if it's going to be something that we're going to snail mail out to the town meeting members to make them aware of of things that are coming in the uh, warrant before they get there. Uh, and what cost that's going to be to the town, both manpower or person power, and yeah. um, potentially uh a, a a mailing
1: and if that's electronic then it diminishes the manpower person power issues to a great extent do yeah, you it have would
9: just be the clerk that would have to do it so understood it would be more step for them
1: did you have a position that you wanted to take on this yourself
9: I just I I think that the process has worked in the past um regarding articles that come forward from whether it's a citizen's petition or whether it's from the select board or the planning board or any other board, it goes through the warrant committee and then it goes out to town meeting members. I don't know that that process hasn't worked in the past. I can tell you that there's been very big articles that have come to town meeting members that they had no idea about before they, they received them. And they actually held nice little working groups in their precincts to, to discuss it with their, with their neighbors. So I just, I don't believe that it's another step that we need to add to the clerk or to anybody else. I think that you know the process that has worked for however long, dozens of years, decades, I don't know, um, has worked. So that's where I stand.
1: Thank you, Ms. Bradley, Mr. Sulis and then Mr. Wallace, Mr. Sulis.
3: Sorry, just to correct, uh, Mr. Freitag uh, referred to me as the chair. I just wanted to correct that reference. And I think it's probably more than um, more than decades, it's probably millennia that has been going on. <laughs> so,
1: Mr. Wells.
5: Yep. Thank you, Mr. Chair, a little bit of history to the comments that have been made here. So the process for disseminating um, two things, the responsibility for dissemination of the warrant and it comes from our office, the separate office. It's, it's compiled, created, and comes from our office, as Mr. Milano is about to find out. But to his benefit, thanks to uh, one of our former employees, that is now, uh, can be done, is done electronically, and only people who need a, uh, a handwritten or printed copy, other than those that are handed out of town meeting, there are certain locations, including our office, they, they can obtain it. And um, just for point of record for everyone, anything that we're putting on, for the December special town meeting, our office, the select board office is severely understaffed right now. We have a brand new town administrator and one person working in that office. Um, so I think we need to think about the work, the yeoman's work that they're doing and that they're doing with one arm tied behind their back right now. Thank you, Mr. Chair. That's my
1: comments on this. Thank you, Mr. Wells. Any other further comments before we move on to our next agenda item? Seeing none item 8 follows this discussion very nicely. Uh, Discussion special town meeting Monday December 5, 2022 and potential articles. We have just um, identified one and we have uh, two others Uh, on the agenda this evening. Mr. Milano, do do you want to introduce those, please?
7: Sure. Um, Tim Zerwinski from the Planning Office is here to discuss um, the Warren Article for the Evening Over the Dump Access Road um, for Access to the Proposed Project at 728 Randolph F. Um, So I'll turn it over to him at this moment.
1: Thank you. Welcome, Mr. Zerwinski.
11: Uh, th- thank you, Mr. Chair. I'm still, I'm still delighted by that young Abe Lincoln comment from, from the moderator. Um, that was a nice feather in, in Mr. Milano's cap. <laughs> um, so, so thank you for having me on, um, to talk about this, this article. Um, if, if anyone in here has been following, um, the, uh, public hearing for the 728 Randolph Ave, um, 40B project, um, this may be familiar to you, but but folks who haven't, um, just by way of background, um, 728 Randolph Ave is the, the, the final um, of the sort of bunch of 40B applications that we've gotten in the past 18 months. Um, it is a site that is um, on Randolph Ave, <laughs> obviously, um, kind of between um, the dump access road that goes up to um, the new animal shelter site. Um, and sort of the DPW yard, that kind of area of of Randolph Avenue, uh, Route 28. Um, It's a 40-unit condo proposal. Um, It proposes access to Randolph Ave via a shared driveway that um, the parcel shares with um, 736 and 718 Randolph Ave. I may be having those addresses wrong, but there are three parcels that share a driveway um that accesses um, Randolph Ave. Um, Currently there is a single-family house on each of those parcels um and the project is is proposing to demolish one of those houses on the 728 parcel and build a a 40-unit condo building. There have been numerous issues that we've worked through um, in the public hearings of this project. Um, I think this batch of 40Bs that we've been working through, I think um, each panel of the Board uh, of Appeals has worked very hard To um, address the the physical um, impacts and the environmental impacts of these projects, and to, you know, try to attempt to properly condition these these approvals so that they're they're minimally impactful to um, to the neighborhoods, while also again acknowledging the the regional need for for affordable housing, which is the purpose of 40B. Um, 728 Randolph Ave has been a really tricky one um, for a number of reasons. Um, The topography of the site. Um, the location of it on Randolph Ave, um, where it is, and the, uh, the nature of the shared driveway have really caused a lot of issues um, for, for this project. And um, the Board of Appeals, town staff, the board's um, peer review experts in civil engineering and design have really been trying to work through this problem of how do we get uh, you know 40 condos worth of vehicles in and out of the site in a safe and efficient manner that um, you know keeps the residents safe, keeps people that are driving on Randolph Ave safe, and then also doesn't dramatically um, overburden and, and kind of change the nature of this driveway that has been shared by these three parcels um, for for many years. Um, w- one question and, and notion that has come up during the public hearing is you know if you look at this um, this site. It it sort of is is a little bit set back from Randolph Ave and has a little bit of a kind of panhandle that connects it to Randolph Ave. But the majority of it on the south and uh, southeastern side actually has frontage on the dump access road. Um, The dump access road so named because it's how you used to get to the dump. Um, Now it's a golf course. It's locked off. Um, No one really has any real need to go up there except for um, National Grid has a take station that's accessed off of it. They have rights to get into the gate um, at the end of that road. So, um, you know, the the notion that's come up during that hearing is, well, what if we access this project via the access road? Um, If you look at the site and if you look at the, there's a conceptual site plan that the developer has put together. Um, If the project can get in and out of its, sort of self via the dump access road. It dramatically improves the site plan um, from a stormwater and drainage perspective, from a design perspective. Um, It pulls a lot of the major impacts in terms of pavement and bulk of the building away from its closest to butter. Um, And I think most importantly creates a safe access that um, terminates at a signalized intersection at the dump access road and Reed Street, um, if you're familiar with that signal. in the current configuration, all of those cars would be entering and exiting just north of that signal. So you've got sort of a signalized intersection and then a really active driveway. It's it's really not great. So um, I, I don't wanna speak for anyone besides myself, but um, my, my my takeaway from these hearings and these discussions has been that most people agree, um, the board, the board's peer reviewers, town staff, the developer, a to the project, AGREE THAT THE PROJECT WOULD BENEFIT FROM ACCESS TO THE DUMP ACCESS ROAD. Um, THE the WRINKLE THAT WE'VE ENCOUNTERED IS THAT um, UNLIKE um, A TOWN WAY LIKE CANTON NAV OR WALNUT STREET OR or ANY OF THE OTHER DOZENS OF TOWN WAYS IN TOWN um, WHERE YOU CAN JUST POP OPEN A a, a CURB CUT AND ACCESS VIA A DRIVEWAY, um, THE DUMP ACCESS ROAD IS NOT A TOWN WAY. Um, It is owned by the town, and it is a driveway, um, but it is not a way in the in the same way that a a public street is. And so, um, in order to access it, um, the town needs to grant an easement, um, which would basically say um, all of the sort of restrictions, you know, on this on this driveway are still in place. Um, We're going to have a locked gate, you know, only National Grid or other people with a a key to the lock get in. But this parcel at 728 Randolph Ave has rights of access over this portion of, of, of the driveway. Um, the, the further wrinkle with that is that, um, it's, it's, it's a property right, um, in, in town property, which can only be given by town meeting. And so in the context of a public hearing, uh, for a 40B project, which has very strict deadlines about, um, you know, when a decision has to be rendered and, you know, when, Uh, when a vote has to happen on on a project. Um, The timelines between that and a potential town meeting have have, have not really lined up. Um, The developer for quite some time bristled, uh, bristled is the wrong word, but sort of was hesitant about the idea of putting an approval of their project at risk um, of, of, of a town meeting vote in sort of the medium term future. Um, and so it was really, you know, trying to get um, an approval based on their original site plan um, with the shared driveway to Randolph Ave. Um, but we've we've spoken with them. We've kind of, you know, convinced them of the benefits of um, of this course of action. And so they've agreed to continue that public hearing until January um, to see um, potentially what town meeting has to say about granting the easement. Um, at which point they would submit a, um, a revised site plan, um, again, that, that you know, uses the access road and would use that driveway to Randolph Ave as kind of a, a secondary emergency only access, which, which again, as we said earlier, um, you know, most folks agree that it yields a better site plan and a better project. Um, So, what we have right now is um, the developer has proposed a draft easement plan. Um, That plan is in the hands of Town Council. Town Council is in the process of drafting um, an article um, in time for for next week's deadline and then uh, would move on to the process of of drafting a a draft easement agreement that would, um, you know, uh, outline, you know, exactly what rights um, this parcel would have to this um, short segment of, of the access road. And um, we would see what happens at town meeting and then subsequently what would happen, um, based on that at the public hearing um, for the the, the 40P project, which is continued until January 24th. Um, So that's the lay of the land right now. Um, Short story is we require a town meeting vote in order to um, get a a less impactful, um, safer, more efficient site plan for this project. So I'm happy to answer any other questions that anyone has.
1: Mr. Rolls, you are
0: recognized. You're on mute, Richard. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Tim, get your pen out.
5: <laughs> so, so, I know a lot of history of this. Um, so, I'm going to give you a couple of pointers here. Um, first off, anyone who walks the existing dump road is I've known it for all of my life. It is an atrocious condition. And even though we've been working for what seems like a lifetime on building an animal shelter up there that still is not to come for wish, to fruition. So use of that road is going to come in to become a reality. Um, the second thing is um, going to the 7-Eleven randolph Ave hearings and you will remember this, Tim, um, there was a lot of suggestion that you know perhaps could a set of lights be installed there to uh, diminish the safety issues that will exist when that is built, because you're going on to an unsignaled intersection. And the fact that um, there's a set of lights at Randolph and Reed at the end of 28 and Reedsdale, they're just too close or couldn't ever um, The point is, that set of lights was added um, in the 20 year, about 20 years ago in the, made, the last major Route 28 upgrade, sp- for specifically this reason, with the potential that something would be built off of that dump road at some point in our lifetimes and it, from a safety perspective it only makes sense I think it's a much safer use exit 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 and um, entrance use to upgrade that road and have this project go that way versus going in um, through the three existing houses that exist there now which puts you right back into the same thing I just described at seven eleven which is an unsignaled entrance onto a very heavily traveled northbound lane number 28 so the next point that I bring is um, for the developer um, and it, this was, was brought up you might remember there was a proposal when you were assistant planner years ago there was a developer who's now deceased who wanted to develop this and one of the things that your predecessor had argued from, this is the traffic Commission was um, we redo that road. It's part of the mitigation that that road gets redone and brought to grade as it should be um, for any use that's going to take place in the future. And I hope that that you can work that out on that. And my my last point on this is that as far as the um, the development in any access egress from Randolph Ave through that driveway, should this be granted and approved by town meeting, that that be gated. Uh, similar to what I believe 7 Eleven has to do between their property and the DPW, and even though there'd be like an emergency access egress in there. Um, it's not for general use that only be used for emergencies. Um, as you know, there are other similar things like that in town and summer. So I do support this. I think it's a smart move. Um, but I do think those things in there, you want to get those all wrapped up. I think the mitigation and, the, and getting that the developer to bring that road to public grade. Is that just my one final point? Was there any discussion at all about just instead of an easement, making this a public way in the town?
11: yeah, we 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 talked about that a little bit, um and I, I think um, the the thinking behind that and and it would it would it would definitely make things a little bit more straightforward, um, but not that much more straightforward. Um mr rolls, as, as as you mentioned, the the entire length of that road is is not in great shape. Right. Um, and so if, you know, if you would need to sort of make a decision, all right, which portions of it do we want to make a town way versus which portions do we want to have, it re, you know, remain a driveway, um, you know, w- we, may be in the same position where, you know, a portion of it gets improved up to the, the developer's driveway and then future developments, whether it's the animal shelter or anything else, um, you know, take care of the rest. I think that the, the, the thinking there was, there's, if, if we're going to talk about only doing a portion of it, um, yeah. the, the easement is just a little bit more straight. Everything requires a town meeting vote, whether it's accepting a town way or granting an easement. Um, but the process of accepting a town way, as we just did with uh, with Woodlock Drive, involves a bunch of steps between today and town meeting that the timeline just really didn't, um, didn't really match up with. Um, you've got to have 2 PUBLIC HEARINGS AT THE SELECT BOARD SANDWICHED IN AROUND A PLANNING BOARD MEETING, um, YOU KNOW, to, TO MAKE A RECOMMENDATION. And, AND WE REALLY COULDN'T MAKE THAT SCHEDULE WORK. Um, YOU KNOW, THE OTHER ISSUE, AGAIN, if, if, IF WE WANTED TO TALK ABOUT THE FULL ACCESS DRIVE BEING A town TOWNWAY, um, THERE ARE OTHER PROPERTY OWNERS, um, YOU KNOW, THE HORSE FARM, AS YOU MENTIONED, that, THAT ABUT ON THAT ACCESS ROAD. AND, YOU KNOW, THERE'S DCR PROPERTY, THERE'S THE GOLF COURSE. And rather than going through the exercise of kind of gaming out, all right, what does this mean if the horse farm can now access the dump road as a public way? Now the the, the golf course can access it as a public way. Um, I think we just wanted to sort of focus solely on this project and this project's issues. Um, that doesn't foreclose the opportunity of thinking about this. I mean, eventually we're gonna have to get people from Randolph Ave up to the animal shelter. Um, at which case we may want to talk about, you know, do we want to have this be a public way? Um, and then we can kind of, you know, analyze the, the implications of that for the other property owners.
5: One final point, Mr. Chair, if I may just follow up on mine. So, So just, just on that, Tim, my own, so I accept all that and I still support this, my, my, I'm just thinking for the benefit of the town, if this developer wants the community wants, and this was something going back to. Mr. he had pushed for where the prior developer was that if someone wants to use that road, and we know, or at least we're trying to build an animal shelter at the end of it, which is the very end of the road, in the mitigation of this, why not push versus, and I, I'm fine, easement or public way, whichever I'm just bringing it up for the point of discussion. Um, let's get that road paved to grade for what our citizens are going to use it for the most, which isn't going to be to go to that development, it's going to be to go to the animal shelter. That's that's just my thought, like, let's, if it's on the table here, let's get it. It's yeah, not, it's I, not I, even I, another 100 yards, it's less than, I mean, the whole road is less than a half a mile from 28 to, to the animal shelter. I don't even think it's a half a mile.
11: Yeah, I, they, I, I, I don't have the precise measurement in front of me, but the the the, the end of the the easement kind of goes, I think a little less than halfway up to the animal shelter. So um, I, I haven't had a detailed conversation yet with the developer about exactly the nature of the improvements that they're proposing, um, but th- their their current proposal, you know, includes improvements to the existing driveway to, to, to a state that, that would accommodate all of their traffic. Um, I think in the worst case scenario, we're talking about improvements, you know, up to 700 feet you know, from Randolph Ave, you know, up the dump access road, which, um, w- which which, which, is great. I think we should absolutely have a conversation about, you know, all right, you guys are out there, um, you know, let's do the whole thing. Um, I think that's a, a perfectly, um, perfectly acceptable thing to ask. Um, you, know, we, we wanna, you know, we do want to, you know, we do want to make sure that we kind of stay focused on, you know, the purpose of this is to create a safe alternative site plan for this project. Um, and so, you know, definitely want to make sure that we're, you know, we're all cooperating and we're all moving in the same direction. But I think, you know, even, even in, even in the sort of the worst case scenario, we're getting a significant fraction of that, uh, dump road, um, you know, up to, you know, passable standards, which I think is, um, is, is, is pretty great. Thank
1: you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Tim. Any other questions or comments from the site board for Mr. Zawinski on this item. Not seeing any. Mr. Milano, can we turn to you now for the one article for the FY 2023 budget, please?
7: Sure. The, um, the Select Board Finance Committee is meeting tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., and we have extended invitation to our counterparts on the school committee. Um, and so we will be tackling this subject tomorrow morning to flesh out exactly what that article might look like. The town, when it set its budget um, at town meeting, used one figure for state aid, which ended up coming in a little bit higher. Um, So there is some additional money that could be appropriated, uh, whether that's the reserve fund or some other um, reserve fund is kind of where we're thinking right now. But we'll have a conversation tomorrow um, with the select board finance committee, um, hopefully some of our counterparts on the school committee, and um, have an article prepared, um, you know, from there.
1: Thank you, Mr. Malato. Uh And Mr. Zulis, did I hear eight o'clock and not seven o'clock?
3: Eight, eight o'clock, but that doesn't change the fact that bedtime is coming for us. So, uh, <laughs> given the early meeting, so <laughs> FYI.
1: <laughs> you recognize Mr. Zulis. Anything further?
5: I think Mr. Zulis wants a motion to adjourn so we can go to bed. <laughs>
1: The the reference that I made was last year in the finance committee meeting, we had a number of 7 a.m. meetings. So he's greatly relieved, I'm sure, to
3: have an eight o'clock meeting. And it's, in would person. Not have it's a, gonna be in person, too.
9: That's right. And he would not have a counterpart if it was at 7 a.m. There's no way I'm gonna <laughs> for that.
1: And um uh Nick, anything that's appropriate um on this that we can have in the a financial
7: goal session of the retreat on Saturday would be uh, very helpful. Certainly, we have a, a packet of materials that we will um, have for everyone. Excellent. Thank you. Item number nine.
1: Uh, this is for discussion, not approval. Uh, amendment to the project funding agreement for the animal shelter between the Milton Animal League and the town of Milton. Uh, uh, Tim and Kevin. Uh, Can we call upon you? And uh, Mr. Zawinski, Could you introduce this,
11: please? Uh, Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, um, Old school folks uh, may remember the uh, project funding agreement that the town uh, signed with the Milton Animal League um, regarding the animal shelter project. Um, The the upshot of that is um, that the town would provide uh, the land um, for the animal shelter, as well as um, you know, staff support um, for the the process of designer selection and uh, construction and 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 all of that, and that the actual funding for the construction of the shelter would come via gifts from the Milton Animal League um, to the town. Um, that funding and that funding agreement has been in place since um, I believe 2015, 2016 um and uh, you know has been kind of governing the the the, the, the procedure of um of, of the animal shelter project since then um in, in 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 recent times um the town um after uh we went out for bids in uh december of 2021 for a general contractor to finally actually begin building this thing um you know we discovered that um the the, the, the sort of the, the the prices that we got from general contractors were were far beyond um, anyone's ability to to actually fund this project. And so the Animal Shelter Advisory Committee kind of went back to not quite square one, but square two to kind of figure out how can we kind of reduce costs and get this project back on track in a way that, we can actually build it within the uh, financial constraints that the the funder, the Milton Animal League has. Um, A number of of different uh, tracks have have changed. um, One of which being, um an appropriation that we got um out of the capital budget at the most recent town meeting for um seven hundred thousand dollars for site work um for the uh, the site off the dump access road um which um is is gonna hopefully be a, a leaps and bounds a benefit to the project and and really help the budget for that um for that project but um really is kind of in uh, at odds with the funding agreement, um, which uh, which very clearly says that the town's not going to provide financial resources for the project. Um, I think everyone agrees that um, it's the right thing to do. Town meeting agreed, um, the select board agreed, um, but we need to go back and, and clean up that funding agreement to reflect um, the current reality um, that we're dealing with the project. Um, going through this, um, between myself, Town Council, and uh, Marion McKetrick, who is counsel for the Milton Animal League, um, you know, what we kind of, you know, realized is there are a number of other elements of both the funding agreement and also the memorandum of understanding between the town and the Animal League um, that are just outdated um, and and really don't reflect the current the current situation with the project. Um, I, I don't think there's anything earth-shattering in there, but um, I, I think we and 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 town council can can back me up or correct me on this. Um, we'd like to take just a little bit more time to review those documents and make sure that we're bringing you a sort of a complete suite of edits um, that will really bring those two agreements um, up to date and and kind of um, a good foundation going forward as we um, bring on a new project manager and and um, go back out to bid for construction. Thank you, Mr. Freitag. Thank you, Mr. Chair, Kevin Freitag from the
6: Office of Town Council. I thought that was a great summary by Mr. Zawinski. Just in terms of a timetable, I think that this is about a, a two week review process. There's the two documents, the funding agreement and the memorandum of understanding. Uh, Tim and I have already talked uh, through most of the changes. And I think that over the probably the next week, we'll we'll iron that out with Marion McCatrick and then have it well in advance of your meeting in two weeks.
1: So I'll have this on the October 18th agenda. We'll be ready for that
0: timetable. Thank you. Anything else on this from any member of the select board?
1: Turning to item number 11 on the agenda. Again, discussion, um, not approval. General election warrant, November 8th. 2022. Uh, Mr.
7: Milano, you're recognized. Uh, we jumped over item number 10 there for uh, the contract. UI, you are. We did, and I apologize. You are correct.
1: Uh, I had made my entry for 1018 there and skipped it. So we have discussion approval contracts with Walsley Witten Group in the town of Milton, Mass. Consultant services relative to the town's open space and recreation plan. and Mr. Zawinski, we, we turn to you. Thank you for being with us for the direct.
11: Uh, nah, you know I love being here. Um, th- th- thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, Tim Zerwinski, Director of Planning and Community Development. Um, uh, as you, you probably know, um, a few um, a few months ago, uh, the um, the select board authorized the um, Actually, I don't even know if we if we brought this um, to you all because it was such a small uh, small contract. Anyway, the Open Space and Recreation Committee had uh, put out a solicitation for consultant services um, for a consultant to help us update the Open Space and Recreation Plan, uh, which has not been updated since 2006. Um, this is um, is going to be funded by a supplemental budget request The town meeting approved um, for the planning board budget uh, for $50,000, which was uh, really, uh, really excellent. Um, and so we put out a solicitation. Um, we got two very good responses. Um, the Open Space and Recreation Committee chose a response um, from Horsley Witten Group, which is a, a very prominent um, planning and engineering firm. Um, has done a lot of great open space planning um, you know, throughout, uh, throughout the region, including in Massachusetts. Um, it was the low bid, um, which is always good. And it was also, you know, really checked off every single box um, that the committee, um, the committee had, including a really robust um, public outreach plan, um, which we think is really, um, really crucial. Um, you know, given um, I know the select board has um, has has heard about a lot of uh, really relevant open space and recreation issues, um, you know, these days, and so we think that um, having a really robust public outreach plan is going to be really important. So um, I'm just here tonight to to request um, that you authorize the town administrator to uh, sign a contract, um, with Horsley Witten Group. Um, I have, um, I have a draft contract with them right now. I'm waiting to get their comments back, at which point I'll run that up the, the flagpole to town council for their review. And hopefully we can get that, um, into the town administrator's hands within the next week or so.
1: Thank you, Tim. Any questions for Mr. Sawinski from any members of the board? Is there a motion to improve the contract with Horsley Witten Group? make a motion to approve the contract, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Mr. Wells. Is there a second, please?
2: I'll second.
1: Thank you, Ms. Musto. It is moved and seconded. Um, oh, sorry. Let me go to chairman, and then back to Mike. Is that all
11: right? Probably going to say the same thing. Did you have a point of clarification? Uh, but could could we also authorize the town administrator yes. to sign on the board right. behalf of you? Right. When you said
1: that, I just assumed it was going to be in there. So. We well, said it earlier, but thank you for that follow up.
5: I'll accept that, Mr. Triana that.
1: Thank you, Mr. Wells. And uh, with the second, is agreeable. Yes. I can yes. see from nodding of the head in the affirmative. Any further discussion? Until the roll call vote, Mr. Zulis? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. And Mr. Doyle, yes. And now we are safe to go to number 11. Thank you, <laughs> thank you Jim. Don't go too far. We may be calling on you later. (laughs) Mr. Milano, number 11, please. Uh,
7: Discussion on the general election warrant, November 8, 2022. Sure. We requested that include this on the agenda in some hope that this would be ready, but uh, the secretary of the Commonwealth just released the final ballot questions um, to the town clerks. Uh, today. So that language will be adopted into the warrant, uh, which will be ready for the board's um, approval on t- October 18th at your next meeting. Any
0: questions for Mr. Bellano?
1: Item number 12 is a discussion select board retreat agenda. Um, it has been referenced already. It is underway. Um, The chair is awaiting the remainder of replies to its email over 9.30 soliciting recommended items Um, that will be very important to framing um, our uh, retreat that desired from every member. Um, That's what's going to lead to successful outcomes. So please acknowledge that in one form or another with what it is that you uh, have to propose. Timing is going to be uh, critical as this is upon us on Saturday morning from uh, 9 to noon time at the Council on Aging. And we'll reinforce that one later. So thank you very, very much. Anything anybody has as a comment or a question on the retreat? We'll turn now to number 13. <clears throat> this is a discussion update. On the litigation against the Massachusetts Bay Transit Authority regarding the condition of the stairs located at the MBTA station at Adams Street, Milton, Mass. And Mr. Freitag, can we call upon you for
6: an update, please? Yes, thank you, Mr. Chair. Kevin Freitag from the Office of Town Council. The update is quite brief. The complaint has been revised since our last meeting and I'm ready to file it. It should be filed within the next day or two. That's it. Thank you,
1: Mr. Freitag. Any questions for Mr. Pytag on this item? If not, we'll move to item number 14, committee appointments.
7: Mr. Milano, can we turn to you, please? Sure. Um, These three uh, appointments, their terms uh, came to a close at the end of July. Uh, These are annual appointments made by the Select Board and Planning Board, um, and the intention would be for the Select Board to vote, followed by a a Planning Board vote, uh, we hope um, not to far after this one. Um, so just unlike the last meeting, this would be two the two boards voting separately outside um, of a joint meeting. Um, these are just reappointments uh, from the existing members. Uh, there are two additional members. Um, obviously, member Musto and um, Pauline Benson, who our uh, terms have not yet um, expired. Thank you, Ms. Milano.
1: Any questions or comments? Seeing none, is there a motion?
3: Mr. Chairman. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jackson. I'm
2: sorry. I will make the motion to uh, approve um, the following candidates for reappointment to the Master Plan Implementation Committee: Cheryl Tagayus, Richard Burke, and Tabor Keeley.
1: Second, you, Ms. Musto. Is there a second? Second, Mr. Mr. Chair. Mr. Wells, any discussion? Seeing none. Roll call. Mr. Zolas. Yes. Mr. Wells. Yes. Ms. Bradley.
0: Yes. Ms. Musto. Yes.
1: And Mr. Doyle? Yes. Thank you. Item number 15, the Town Administrator's Report. Mr. Milano? Sure. I Thank you. We have a good number of things to update us on here. So we're all uh,
7: yeah. On the agenda as you can see the um, educational seminar series we are have scheduled two of them uh, public records tuesday november second twenty second at seven p m the conflict of interest and in state ethics tuesday december thirteenth at seven p m We are still working on finalizing the open meeting law session, which we had originally announced um, but had missed that it was um, going to coincide with select board meeting, so we're working on some alternative dates on that um, to be held uh, in the keys conference room at the library uh, so thanks to the town clerk. Uh, Office of Town Council for working together together on that, excuse me. Um, in terms of town business, I have two, uh, n- two new employees to talk about. First is um, the assessors, the Board of Assessors have appointed Charles O'Shea as the new chief appraiser. Um, Jeff Funk, our former chief appraiser returned to uh, the town of Sharon where he previously worked um, earlier this year. And the board met to interview candidates over the last few weeks. Uh, Mr. O'Shea comes to us from both Patriot and Vision, which are the two main um, companies that do assessing work in New England and Massachusetts. Um, had many decades of experience um, working on that side of things. So we're very excited to have him and he started this week.
1: And Mr. Milano, we would welcome an opportunity for you to introduce him to the board at a
7: time that is mutually convenient to you and Mr. O'Shea. Certainly. Um, And secondly, uh, in terms of our finance director, as you know, we, um, our finance director, Karen Preval, left in April. We've since uh, advertised that position and are pleased to announce that Amy Dexter will be taking the position of finance director for the town of Milton, returning to us from Milton Public Schools. Um, We're excited to have Amy back um, to support our office and, and the rest of the town departments, as well as the school departments. As you know, that's a position that needs to work closely with town schools and everybody else in between. and So I'm um, excited to collaborate with the school department on a, on a position that is so crucial to everything that we do on a daily basis.
1: Thank you. And we welcome back Amy, Mr. Silvas.
3: Can I just ask, uh, will Amy, will the school department be hiring a, 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 a finance director or is this a, a combined role now?
5: No, they've done that. The schools have temporarily filled
7: it. I, I, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Milano, do you want to respond? Yeah, sorry, I didn't. I just meant the that our, our town finance director works so closely with everybody that it's, it's a benefit to us. And but she will be a town of Milton employee as the town's finance director right. and the Milton public schools will be bringing in um, an interim. And then in terms of future long term, I can't speak to that. Sorry if that was no, confusing. No,
3: no, I, just wanna, I, I thought that was the kid. I just want to make sure uh, that, uh, that that's where we're doing it. Thanks.
1: And Mr. Wells, you are
5: recognized. Mr. Chair, I just want to thank Anne Marie Fagan for this as well. I know that she was working hard on this since Karen left. Um, and she, as she did previously when she was town administrator, before in all of her roles here, um, always looking out for the best interest of the town, I know that that was not an easy thing to do. But, um, and to Mr. Zulus's point, they did—they have retained an interim. Someone that we all know that you'll be hearing very shortly.
1: Thank, Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, we won't do any second guessing, but we could probably come pretty close. You could have been a detective, Mr. Chair. <laughs> I game, right? Thank you very much, Mr. Wells.
7: And then just lastly, just a few things that I've been, um, I was unable to attend, but I know the Council on Aging had a great fit for life this weekend. Um, my wife and young son and my mother-in-law were at it. I was unable to be there, but we were together at uh, Celebrate Milton on Sunday afternoon, uh, which was a nice event and nice turn up. Um, and I will be speaking at the chamber tomorrow um, with Chase Berkeley. Um, through, uh at, that, at their luncheon tomorrow. So, I look forward to meeting with um, folks from the chamber. Thank you. Uh,
1: Chair's report I'll just add uh, two things at the present time. Uh, yesterday, there was a ribbon cutting for medical aesthetics at 524 Adams Street. Uh, Senator Timothy and Representative Driscoll also attended. Well, I represented the select board. Um, it's a, a marvelous facility, and it was a uh, uh, very nice welcoming to that uh, new business enterprise in East Milton Square. The other is that I was able to deliver the uh, select board's proclamation for the 100th anniversary of St. Agatha uh, uh, Parish uh, last uh, week ago, this past Sunday, um, accompanied by uh, proclamations from the mayor of the city of Quincy, because it is a parish that extends across both communities, and um, a uh, proclamation from uh, Senators of St. It was a wonderful event. Um, Mass was followed by a very, very nice uh, reception uh, in the basement of the church. So thank you all for that.
0: I'll move on to item number
1: 17, uh, public comment and response. I'd like to just um, uh, say in follow-up to Mr. Shea's comments um, that, and I'll read directly from a citizen who had written saying all public meetings in the town of Milton, virtual and in-person, exemplify civil discourse empathetic listening and respect for all people and their opinions. And um, I'm hoping that uh, we can uh, fit this uh, into our discussion at the retreat within our goals. Uh, We set a very high standard as the select board for the town of Milton. And uh, this is uh, something that I think uh, many people would like us to be sure to address. Any comments from any other members of the board? Uh, Future meeting dates and locations. We've mentioned the Retreat Council on Aging. Uh, 9 to noon. We'll work uh, sharply beginning at 9 and end sharply at noontime. And then uh, Tuesday October 18th which was cited earlier. um, The question is to whether or not that will be a Zoom or an in-person meeting. Uh, Could you uh, please uh, let Lynn know your preferences uh, for that, and then we can move accordingly, Uh, followed by Tuesday, November 1. I can't believe that. November already uh, in our planning, and Tuesday, November 15. item number 19 is a discussion approval of one day liquor license and there are two of them uh, maybe they can be combined is that your intent Mr. Wells you moving in that direction I will do that
5: Mr. Chair but uh, just a point that I'd, I'd like to make note that um, today is one of the highest holidays of the Jewish faith that is Yom Thank Kippur you. and um, I wish that I had knowing this before we met today because I think I would have brought it up and asked to we move it to a different date and I believe that um, both the rabbi and all of our Jewish residents know how much we respect them and we want to wish them their best on this very high day in their um, calendar year Um, I just wanted to make note of that thank
1: Thank you and uh, now I'll make a motion for you oh sorry if you want to add to that I I, I just wanted to say that it's in that respect that um, our meeting was moved from yesterday to today as well. Okay. Um, so, Mr. Wells, uh, you wish to make a motion and then we'll go to Ms. Musto. Mr. Wells. Okay. So, I'm going to make a motion to approve. What
5: number are we on here now? Is 19, 19. A, and 19. a and B, right? So, I'm going to make a motion to approve a one day liquor license for the Milton Art Center comedy show featuring Paul D'Angelo on Friday, 7th. October 7, 2022 and Catholic parishes of the Blue Hills, also known as St. Pius Church for their October Fest on Saturday, October sixteenth, twenty 2022
1: from one to four. Okay, these two one-day liquor license requests have been moved. Is there a second place?
2: I'll second. Thank
1: you, Ms. Musto. Any discussion? Uh, take the roll call. Mr. Zulas. Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Ms. Bradley?
0: Yes.
1: Ms. Musto? Yes. And Mr. Doyle? Yes. Thank you. Item number 20 discussion, approval, meeting minutes, August 10, 2022, and August 23rd, 2022.
3: Mr. Chair, I'll move to approve the meeting minutes from August 10th, 2022, and August 23rd, 2022.
1: Thank you Mr. Zulis. Is there a second please?
3: I'll second. Thank
1: sure. You, Ms. Musto, Any discussion? Mr. Zulis? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Yes. Ms. Bradley?
3: Yes. Ms. Musto.
2: Yes.
1: And Mr. Doyle? Yes. At uh, this time the select board will be um, Leaving public session for executive session, and I'll read uh, several motions related uh, to that. Uh, we will adjourn from executive session, not returning to public session, and after the adjournment, we will reconvene as the trustees of the Governor Stoughton Trust just to give an idea to everybody of the protocol. So at this time, I move to enter into executive session to consider the purchase, exchange, lease, or value of real property of the Kidder Branch Library uh, 101 Blue Hill Parkway based on my belief that discussion of this matter in open session may have a detrimental effect on the neighboring and the negotiating position of the select board. Again, the select board um, will be adjourning uh, at the conclusion of the executive session. Ms. Musto, you will be recusing yourself. Yes. Thank you. So we'll then we'll call uh, Ms. Musto back at the appropriate time. Okay. The second. Uh, motion is, is we'll have to do a roll call vote on this. Uh, Mr. Sulis, yes. Uh, is that a second? Either? Yes, I'll second, I'll second it, Mr. Chair. I'll second it. I didn't okay. know you were know second it. Uh, it's uh, Mr. Sulis, yes. yes. And um Ms. Bradley, I'm yes. sorry, Mr. Wells, I mean, yes. Okay, Ms. Bradley,
0: yes.
1: Uh, Ms. Busto. I'll be recusing myself. Right, okay. and uh, just wanted to note that for the record. And Mr. Doyle, yes. And the second is um, executive session pursuant to Mass. General Laws, Chapter 38, Paragraph 21, uh, Section A, Subsection 3 to discuss strategy with respect to collective bargaining. I move to enter into executive session to discuss strategy with respect to collective bargaining units, Milton Clerical Unit of the Southeastern Public Employees Association, Milton Professional Management Association, Milton Public Employee Association, Milton Firefighters, Local 1116, Milton Police Association, and Milton Superior Officers based on my belief that discussion of this matter in open session may have a detrimental effect on the negotiating position of the Select Board. Is there a second please? Second. Thank you Mr. Wells. What about staff? our
5: union Mr. Chair?
1: I don't see our union listed there. Roll <laughs> well, call well, Mr. Zulis. Yes. Mr. Wells. Yes. Ms. Bradley. Yes. Um, Ms. Vesto.
2: Yes.
1: And Mr. Doyle. Yes. Next item is executive session pursuant to master's laws, chapter 38, paragraph 22, approval of meeting minutes of January 20, 2022, March 23, 2022, April 6, 2022, and April 13, 2022. I move to enter into executive session uh, to approve executive session meeting minutes based on my belief that discussion of this matter in open session. May have a detrimental effect on the litigating position of the select board. Is there a second, please?
3: Uh, Second.
1: Mr. Zulis, I heard your second. Thank you. Any comment? Thank you, Mr. Zulis. Um yes. Mr. Wells. You're muted, Richard, but I think I heard
5: you say yes. Kevin Freitag's microphone
1: instead of mine. (laughs) Uh, Ms. Bradley. Yes. Ms. Musto.
2: I'm going to abstain because of the dates
1: on that. And Mr. Doyle, yes. Executive Session Pursuant to Massachusetts General Laws Chapter 30A Paragraph 21 Section A Subsection 3 Discussion Strategy with Respect to Litigation Relative to the Final Environmental Impact Assessment of the Federal Aviation Administration, RNAV, Runway 41 at Boston Logan International Airport. I move to enter into executive session to discuss litigation strategy with respect to litigation relative to the final environmental impact assessment of the Federal Aviation Administration, RNAV, Runway 4L at Boston Logan International Airport, based on my belief that discussion of this matter. An open session may have a detrimental effect on the litigating position of the select board. And then a reminder that uh, the select board will adjourn uh, from executives sh- in executive session uh, for the evening, and then the trustees of uh, the Governor's Trust will convene. Is there a second, please?
2: Second. I'll second.
1: Thank you, Ms. Musto. Mr. Zulas? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Ms. Bradley?
9: Yes.
2: Ms.
1: Mustard? Yes. And Mr. Doyle? Yes. So we're reminded um, to turn off our uh, video and our uh, microphones, and then we'll go to the alternate site.
2: And please let me know when to come back, okay?
1: Thank you and good evening. Uh, we are now <laughs> convening and calling to order the meeting of the trustees of the Governor Stoughton Trust, in Milton, Massachusetts. Uh, we have two items on the agenda for this evening. Uh, but first, let me introduce the trustees. Um, I'm Arthur Doyle serving this year as your chair. Mr. Zulas?
3: Mike Zulas, trustee.
1: Mr. Wells? Richard Wells, trustee. Aaron? Aaron Bradley, Trustee. And Roxanne. Uh,
2: Roxanne Musto, Trustee.
1: And with us uh, Nicholas Milano, Town Administrator, and Linda Napoli, Executive Assistant to the Town Administrator. To all of us, actually. So the first item to discuss is um, uh, with Town Council regarding Governor Stoughton trust background and eligible uses of land sale proceeds. Mr. Freitag, um by way of uh that comment we introduce you and uh the floor is yours sir
6: thank you mr chair i'm sorry my my hands raised here let me see if i can put that down there we go Uh, so just by way of brief update uh since the last time we all spoke i had a chance to reach out to the attorney general's office to their charities division and speak with the head of that division jonathan green I was joined on that phone call from Julie Kramer from Milton's Housing Trust, and the purpose of that phone call was to get a sense from the Attorney General's office uh, how they would like the Select Board to proceed with uh, potentially responding to any any questions or or regarding use or a request for use of funds by the Housing Trust. In other words, what would the AG's position be on? the Milton affordable housing trust requesting funds and the direction that we got pretty clearly from they they won't and he will not weigh in on a request until it has been made to the select board and the select board has then forwarded with its endorsement to the AG's office for some guidance And so, with that understanding, uh, Julie Kramer was going to spend some time um, sort of revisiting the Affordable Housing Trust's request to the Governor Stoughton trustees, and I suspect that she'll have something by the next meeting of the trustees, at which time the select board will be asked to consider it, um, whether you know, that request falls within the scope of the terms of the trust is something that I will certainly be happy to weigh in on either before or at that meeting that'll put the select board in a position to um, if it's a close call, so to speak, uh, to push it over to the AG's office to get some um, some review and you know, potential approval by the AG's office on the specific use of funds. from the trust for the purposes for which the affordable housing trust has requested them. So that I, I just, hope that to, just to back up, Kevin, to make sure
1: that um we have it. Um the affordable housing trust has to make a formal recommendation for a specific amount of the select board. And the select board has to act upon that. Once that's done, it then goes back to the attorney general's office. Is that a fair?
6: That's right, and just just maybe for a little bit more clarity, the the, the Affordable Housing Trust is going to make a request, whether it be that the that the um, that the trustees um, that the trustees give some money from the the Governor Stoughton Trust to the Affordable Housing Trust, or perhaps do something else, maybe take some action on the property. But whatever it is, the trust, the Affordable Housing Trust, is going to make a specific request it's then going to come back before this board. And at that time, it, you know, it potentially could fall into one of three categories. It's definitely within the scope of the trust, which is that the trust is established for the benefit of the poor of Milton. It's definitely outside the scope of the trust, which I don't think is going to be the case because I've been talking with Julie about, you know, what, what is, and what is without, you know, what's within and out and what is outside of the scope of the trust. But then if it's something that's sort of on the line, um, but it's something that I still think is is you know um, a potential use of funds but we'd like to get some guidance from the AG's office at that time the AG's office said we're happy to weigh in on it if it's something that's sort of if it's on the line
1: thank you Mr. Wells
0: you're muted Richard no and I gotta move
5: my okay sorry so thank you Kevin so I'm going to a little bit of historic here. Um, I feel like a history teacher these days. When I first joined this board six years ago, I was on the Affordable Housing Trust. That was the year that we, the five million actually moved into the town's account. We signed the p and so it came over. When I arrived there, the Affordable Housing Trust, and I was on the Affordable Housing had drafted a letter then asking for, I think it was 2 million or 2.5 million from the sale that the five million that we received. My predecessor Tom Hurley on the phone had actually signed it. And your predecessor, John Flynn, after conferring with the AG's office, I believe it was, it was either Joanne or Mary, Mary back then, um, not only said, did away with that letter, and then. JOHN TOLD ME DON'T, FOR ME NOT TO SIGN A letter. BUT ARE YOU TELLING ME THE OPINION OF THE AG'S OFFICE HAS CHANGED? BECAUSE EVERYTHING I'VE LEARNED FROM, FROM JOANNA, TO MARY, TO SCOTT HOSPAYER, TO JOHN FLYNN, IS THAT TO JUST USE FUNDS FROM THE GOVERNOR Stoughton FUND AS DEFINED IN THE WILL COULD NOT BE USED FOR AFFORDABLE HOUSING AND THAT THE AG DID NOT VIEW AFFORDABLE HOUSING AS QUOTE UNQUOTE meeting the needs of the poor are you telling me this is a change in opinion
6: no no I, I'm not I'm, I'm not weighing in actually on any use at all my the, the point of that what I was just saying before was that the AG's office wants something specific to respond to from the select board um, okay that's my second office, question yeah, the, so the, don't the office, we already
5: have something in theres uh, is it isn't hasn't the affordable housing trust going back to when Melinda was on there working on something with you for the four acres for affordable project on the four acres to be approved by the AG
6: yes that that's one thing that that had been looked at for some time I think that the the most recent request was for funds but um that request it seemed in discussing it over discussing with Julie Kramer and with Jonathan Green um needed to perhaps be be sort of reworked to be more specific about the exact purpose for which the funds would be used, which would put the trustees in a better position to say, yeah, that's in line with the trust and the AG's office say, yep, that's in line with the trust. Okay. But that's about, that's about funds. And it's not about endowment funds. It's not about the 5 million from the sale. Um, And and actually just by way of some additional information that Nick Milano was able to share with me today that uh, he got from Jim McAuliffe. Mike Zulus had asked at the last meeting, or, or one of the members of the one of the trustees had asked whether the funds that were in the account before the sale proceeds from that property hit the account, some three hundred thousand right. dollars. Whether or not those funds were still available, uh, it's the opinion of the treasurer that they're not; that those funds have have been used. I figured so that those those funds are gone. They were rental income from properties, the yes. buildings at the property. That those funds have been used what's left in the property now is either endowment funds or, um, or funds that were generated as in interest um, by the funds that were in the endowment fund.
5: And the interest of the five million.
6: Correct. And there's also, there's also a piece that's in there some $350,000 that's apparently related to uh, the sale of an easement Um to Pulte over the remaining acreage up there at the Governor Stoughton Trust that was necessary as part of the development of those acres. I remember so that okay. those funds are there too. And the AG's office said that they would they were willing to provide us some clarity and an opinion too on whether those funds, the sale of the funds from the sale of the easement, if those funds were available to be spent by the trustees or if they needed to also be dealt with as endowment funds similar to the sale proceeds from the property.
1: Uh, just let me mention before Mike going to you that I uh, received an email this morning from Julie Kramer uh, saying that um, unfortunately she was unable to get a quorum for their last affordable housing trust uh, meeting and um, they would like to discuss this at another time after they have a successful meeting in the coming weeks just to give you that background information. So Mike, turn to you.
3: Thank you, Mr. Mr. Chair, just to fill in um, on some of the points the the Superior Court decision on the use of the Pulte funds is clear that the interest income can be used. The Attorney General's Office has not weighed in on whether affordable housing is a use for the poor, according to the will. Um, Seems to me we've had this discussion before the it's 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 a the opinion of the trustees. Uh, on whether that is a use uh, and that's that's it sounds like the attorney general's office wants that initial view of whether the trustees believe that affordable housing is a use for the poor and then the attorney general's office may take a view one way or the other um, seems to me I would be surprised if this attorney general took the view that affordable housing is not a use for the poor but uh, but I guess we'll see.
5: Mr. Chair, so I I just, and this may predate you, Michael, and I'm, believe me, I've followed this very closely. Kevin, I'm sure if you asked John, I mean, I sat in a meeting where what you just said was the complete opposite of what John Flynn came back and reported to this board. And I believe at the time, Scott Hochschberger was a member of Murphy Hesse and was weighing in on this. So, I mean, I remember pretty clearly and we were specifically told that the AG took the opinion that affordable housing was not, that's why I asked Kevin the question. So if it's changed, I just wanna see where it's coming from. Or if we have to if we have to creatively try to prepare this, that's another thing, but I, I have a pretty vivid memory of this. And I'm sure Kevin, if you talk to John Flynn about this tomorrow, he
1: would reiterate what I'm saying tonight. Kevin and then Mike.
3: I, I don't
6: have anything to add, Mr. Chair. Thank you.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean, I, look, uh, all, all I can tell you is 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 um, the discussions that we've had since I've been on the board, and and the view, um, and the view of the attorney general's office and the head of the charities, Jonathan Green, a couple of years ago, was they weren't going to take a position on that. Um, there is nothing in writing on that. There is no. You know, I'm not aware of any opinion on that. Um, Someone may have said it at some point, um, but uh, you know, in my view, that doesn't really mean very much. Seems to me, we're the trustees. We need to take a view on whether we think affordable housing is a use for the poor. And then if if we take the view that it is, then the attorney general's office may in its role, uh, overseeing public charities may say, well, you're right, or well, no, you're not. Um, so so I, I'm not aware of any official position that's been taken, I'm not aware of any informal position um, that's been taken when, when certainly since I've been involved and when I was involved as the chair. So um, so maybe someone said something like that uh, some years ago, Richard, but uh, it seems to me that we need to make a decision as a board and then have the attorney general's office weigh
1: in. I agree. Um, we we have to get off this merry-go-round. Uh, Roxanne. Um,
3: yes, I had a quick
2: question. The last time that we met, I know I had mentioned something about um, any kind of use on that on it for um, older individuals that you know, like we have housing, for instance, on in Miller Ave and things like that. Were you able to find out any kind of information about if the land can be used for residents that are really, you know, meet the criteria for affordability and happen to be older? So I have not
6: spoken to the AG's office since the last time you and I spoke, uh, Roxanne, on that point. But I think what, what I got very clearly from the AG's office was the select board needs to ask us a question or questions, and we don't want the questions to just sort of. We don't want. Hypoth- you know, we don't want you know many hypotheticals. We want the select board to come to us and say, "We think we we have in, in good faith that we can use the funds for this purpose in accordance with the trust." Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down from as you know as the head of the charities division. That was that was the message that I kept getting loud and clear from Jonathan Green was, we're we're not going to do this prospectively. We're not going to be advising the select, you know, the the Housing Trust on how to shape its request to the trustees. We're not going to do that. We're going to wait for the trustees to come to us with a question.
1: So that goes to where Mike is, if I read this correctly. And uh, why don't we do that, Um, Richard, and then Mike. So I'm fine with that.
5: But having had such a long history in this, and I hear Michael, but I disagree with him. I mean, how would I know all these people if I hadn't met with them or heard their opinions for so long? Um, And and one thing I could say about John Flynn and anyone who knows him, John always, 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 you know, took the position of protecting the town first and looking out for the town's best interest. So I think if we're going to do this to Mike's point, I think we need to be very specific. I think it has to be a a very well thought out. Well, not just a letter, give us $300,000 for affordable housing. I think it has to be designed with attention with, with it, with some real tangible goals that while they may not align perfectly with what is up, what is described in that will, it has to show someone. And and Julie knows this I've had, I've listened to Julie about ways to buy down, you know, to to make more units that are more, you know, an $80,000 median in Milton of someone meeting an affordable unit is not necessarily meet the needs of the poor. So I think if we're going to do this, I don't think we just make the request to say, okay, we want to give us $300,000. I think some time and effort has to be put into exactly how this is going to be used and how it's going to meet goals of that world. Okay, Mike, and then Aaron.
3: Yeah, well, sometimes memories fade, uh, but 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 I will say, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that we, we, we Kevin may differ and Kevin's view controls, but I don't necessarily think we need to ask, right? I, I think we can take an action in good faith as a tr- as as the as the trustees of the Governor Stoughton Trust, and then if the Attorney General's office Comes to us and says, "Well, that was inappropriate. That's fine." But I, I don't know that we necessarily need to ask. The board may want to do that just to make sure that uh, that uh, the, the attorney general's office doesn't take action on its own. But I don't know that uh, as a, as the trustees we necessarily need to go every time we do something. We don't go to them every time we give money to the oh. food pantry, if, to, to the residence fund. You know, um, and so if we take the view that this is f- that affordable housing f- f- is for the poor as well, I don't I don't think we necessarily need to go to them. But uh, but uh, uh, but I guess we'll see how we we'll see how we go on that.
1: Aaron.
9: Thanks, Mr. Chair. Um, Kevin, aren't we talking about the easement? The money that it, that came from the easement portion of this? Isn't that what you and Julie were going back to discuss?
6: No, the that was it was part of what we were gonna what we discussed with Jonathan Green. We we discussed sort of the idea generally of the affordable housing trust requesting money, right? We were, and then also the endowment funds and the interest, and also this issue of the easement. It was it was all part of that discussion.
9: Okay, but are we right now discussing the money that was just specifically part of that easement? Is that what we're talking about? Or are we talking about it in more general terms?
6: I think we're talking about it in more general terms.
9: Okay. And my other question is, is isn't is it true that, you know, there can be a history of 100 years plus and people can, a new person can come in and rule differently? I just learned about this in Iqbal. So I'm just curious Um, you know, the attorney general's office can say what they want for decades and then we get a new one and they can change their mind about how they would rule on how we would use this money, correct? Yes. All right. So then the history really doesn't matter. Let's take a swipe at it. Let's see what we can do. I'm with Mike. I don't care about the history. We've got a situation here where we need to use that money to help people. Um, that are really struggling and that need affordable housing here in town. So I'm, I'm hundred percent with Mike on this one and we should just, we should just act and then, you know, kind of ask, ask questions later almost kind of one of those things where it's like, we have, we have the authority to do this. And, um, and if the attorney general's office doesn't like it, trust me, they'll come back and tell us, but, um, but I'm just, you know, is that, is that what our steps are, Kevin? or Is it either we, ask a question or we just go forward I I guess that's what I'm trying to make sure that I understand
6: well I think I've just tried to provide some different options for the board here the board can do a couple of different things it it has acted in the past on certain uses of interest um, on its own volition and other issue in other instances where it thought that perhaps the use was a bit more tenuous in terms of what the the terms of the will set out it did seek some guidance from the AG's office you have those same options available to you here.
9: Okay thanks so much.
6: Roxanne.
2: Um, yes so Kevin are you planning if you go back to the AG's office are you gonna what kind of questions would you, or what kind of things would you pose to them because you know I also would want to know affordable housing and can we do something also for our older residents that are really struggling right now to keep their homes and you know maybe at a certain um, you know level of income that they would qualify for some things and we really don't have much in town for that age for those kind of issues. So I'd like to see if that question can also be asked.
1: Can I frame this um, (coughs) excuse me I'm sorry Roxanne in my mind affordable housing are those eligible for affordable housing is that where you're going so that one is affordable housing as we are familiar with it and what you're introducing is elderly and maybe more than just elderly uh, could be somebody with disabilities etc yes um, who would fit the um, affordable housing criteria
2: I think that's another category that we should really investigate because we really don't have much in town for that. So I would love to see at least that we investigate if that could be a possible use. If other members think that's pop- agree with that. Erin?
9: So I just wanted to point out that we we do have a, a lot of um, housing for our elderly. There's the equity house. Y- 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 I can't ever say it but it's down right on the line with Mattapan. It's a giant senior housing facility. I go there all the time. It's House. Unquity House. Unkwitty House. I go there all the time. Um, There is Winter Valley. There is um, obviously Deborah Felton's um, place over there. And again, I'm sick. I'm really sorry. I cannot remember things right now. Um, But I know that one of the things that we talked about at the affordable housing trust meeting, the one of the ones I went to was that it, it, this item about whether or not it should be age-restricted came up um, and that really, that's really something that the affordable housing trust would have to put out with the RFP and what that would look like. So I just think, you know, there are other places in town. There's not really any places that have just low income housing. Um, we don't have a lot of apartment rentals here in town. We don't have a lot of um, two family places here in town. Um, Well, we do, but it's in one specific precinct. Um, So I just, I mean, I think as we move forward with this, we just need to keep in mind that affordability, um, another affordability housing for 65 and up. um, I'm just curious about whether or not that would be in the best interest of the town and making it affordable for people to come to.
2: Hi, Um, I'd like to comment on that a little bit, because I'm a little bit familiar with that. So Fuller Village is not considered affordable, okay? People that have moved into Fuller Village, I don't even know if they have any affordability over there. Winter Valley has maybe, I don't even know if Winter Valley does. Unquity I'm not as sure of, but I can tell you from meeting with seniors, many of them have told me they're on wait lists for some of these places and, and they can't even afford some of these places. So I'm a little bit concerned. I I think that's a misconception. And I wouldn't want people to think that, you know, some of these places have affordability when they don't. Um, So I'm certainly interested in, you know, looking at all of our prospects. And um, we, you know, we have people with disabilities, and, and they don't have anywhere either. So I think, it's a little, um, I think it's important that we investigate that.
1: Thank
5: you. Richard. Thanks, uh, Mr. Chair. These are in my final comments. and book but our role here as Governor Stone Trustees is to, to try to do what we can for Milton. The only three things that I want to mention here, and I go back historic and I hear Aaron and like history can be changed. That's why I asked Kevin, like, I mean, I've sat in meetings with Joanna, with Mary, I've, listen to this for as long as I can remember um so again I just want to reiterate I think we need to be really specific I hear Mike's point about just doing it I'm not so sure we can do that Kevin I think you should look at the file there are some things in there going back to the initial approval 44 years ago from the AG we got to approve for that dog pound to be put there that was and we're in our 44th year since that happened I do know that there were approvals that they did approve things like the food pantry and they, and um, the Milton Residence Fund. Those are all this, there's, there's some documentation with all those, those all met the needs. And I think for those of us who have been here that have have funded these in the past, um, those are all good things. But again, I reiterate, given the history that I know of, I would feel much more comfortable with if if, if the Milton, I mean, Julie knows going back to when they wrote that initial $2.5 million letter. Like be specific, show how you're going to meet the needs. And if you can do that, I think we have the best chance of not just doing it once, but creating a path forward in the same manner as we do with the food pantry, the Milton Residence Funds, things of that nature. That's, that's just, that's my final comment. And I just think Kevin, you should take a peek because John Flynn, as you know, spent yeoman's hours working on this over the past four decades as far as I Thanks, that's it, Mr. Chairman. 1015 and Mr. Zulus has definitely
3: passed that hour right so so some may need the, the comfort of, of the attorney general's office to say what for the poor means in the will I think as a as I said before as trustees we have to make that judgment and that determination I've made that judgment and that determination I think affordable housing is for the poor and to your point Roxanne I think affordable housing for seniors is for the poor. I think affordable housing for those who are disabled is for the poor, and all of those things would be covered. Um, and and and, uh, and that we have, and we have the, the opportunity, as affordable hou- as Governor Stoughton trustees. Sorry, we have the opportunity, uh, to try, to help, those in need. Um, by using the funds in that way. So my view is that affordable housing for for all of those groups, all of those uh, individuals would be covered by using the funds for the poor uh, and that we have the, the opportunity to do so.
1: Would it make sense if I may ask for a resolution to this, to the effect of this discussion with the specificity that's been cited and Richard has recommended for us to review and then act on up or down Kevin does that resonate at all? I think that the the thing that's compelling my thinking is the need for an action to be taken by the trustees of the Governor Stoughton Trust. And would that be a way in which we could take the action.
0: Yes, I think that the I think that
6: this, the trustees can they they can certainly act um, however they feel they should in accordance with their obligations as trustees. That's what the trustees are there for, right? So that's up that's up to the trustees to do. Now, and if you you know if you want the advice of town council on the 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 appropriateness of those actions under the terms of the trust town council's office is available to you and there are other resources that are also available to the select board as trustees.
1: I think we have a leaning to go in the direction of action and um, it would seem in order to do that in good conscience, we have to have something to look at. Um, that we would uh, vote on one way or the other, if it receives a motion in a second. Is that something that could be framed out, Kevin, for the Select Board to look at based upon the content of this conversation?
5: I look at anything. I just gave my, I've already weighed in on what I think they should do, knowing what I know of the history having been involved in this in so many ways for so many years. If John Croner were alive, I know what he'd say to me tonight. He would say, be cautious with this. I, I know how hard he worked. I mean, he spent 40, like 30, 40 years of his own life trying to do this and couldn't, and it was roadblock after roadblock. And, I, like, and I'm like, uh, you, are, you actually almost had me thinking around. I'm like, let's make a motion to put the 300000 But then I'm thinking about what the penalties would be if we're wrong. So I think we should be
1: cautious. on it. I
3: think, I, think, I think, Richard, you can make that motion once we find out the amount of the interest income, you can make and and set aside some for the food pantry and the Milton residence fund, and then make a motion for the overage. You don't need to do it tonight. We need to get the number nailed down, but but because I, I don't think three hundred thousand is the number because we've lost interest income based on the market. That right,
1: talking. right.
3: So, I had a re- so, so I think the number there anyway. Sorry, sorry, Arthur. Pardon.
1: That's all, I didn't mean to interrupt. Mike, I had a related conversation on this very point with Jim McCraw on the twenty third of September. And it was his judgment at that time that we had $123,000 in discretionary monies as of 630 and that he would take a look at uh, what might be available uh, as soon as he has the uh, end of September quarterly report which would be just about now. Mr. Chair
5: just one more point for Mr. Milano before we leave tonight. if you've been following the news, uh, you know, the predictions are that housing oil and the price of fuel is going to be dramatically increased this winter. I do not believe we've heard from the Mount Residence Fund yet for this year. So I'm sure we're going to be, if maybe Nick or Amory can make the introduction tomorrow for Nick so um, he can meet Nora and and uh, actually I'll even do it for you, Nick, I'll call she, we can maybe get her in at our next meet and get some type of idea of what she's going to need this year. Erin. Just real quick to
9: that point that Richard just brought up. The feds are right now in the process of raising the cap on that, Richard, so that more of our households will be eligible for LIHEAP, which is something that I work with to help our residents here in Milton apply for. So um so more of the residents more people across the commonwealth will be able to apply for LIHEAP to get that fuel assistance for them because of this. So just know that that's also happening Richard. Thank you. Mr. Pierre I'll move to adjourn.
1: Second. Moved and seconded. Mr. Zoulis. Yes. Mr. Wells. Yes. Ms. Bradley.
2: Yes.
1: Ms. Musto. Yes. And Mr. Doyle, thank you everyone for patience and great contributions. Good
2: night. Have a good night.
0: Good
1: night, night, everyone. Good night, Lynn. Thank you for your support.
0: Have a good night, everybody. Good night, Sean.